Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, my beautiful, wonderful, most majestic humans. If you're listening to this, I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you're grateful. I hope that your day is going well. And I'm sending you so much love. I just felt called to say that. Um, I'm so excited about uh, today's episode about Level Together podcast because I get to interview someone that really made an impact on my life. Um, a few months ago, I was dropping my kids off at a distance learning camp and my car just stalled. It just would not start. And there's this amazing Samaritan who stopped to help me when he did not have to. And he figured out what the, you know, he got my car started and also helped me figure out what was wrong with it. And we got into conversation. I got to know him better. And found out that he's such an incredible, fascinating human here in the, in the community, uh, a light worker, beautifully kind and, and uh, decent human being, but he's also um, an entrepreneur here in Minneapolis and working on a really exciting project of creating a mobile barbershop called Shuttle Cuts. And we talked about so many different things. We talked about his, you know, the ability to be and stay positive. We talked about the his, the dark side of how he came to be so positive and his time that he spent in prison for some of the things that some of the mistakes that he made earlier of reinventing himself, caring for his children, what it means to be a black father in America, black entrepreneur in America, how the the murder of George Floyd has affected him and then the all of us here in Minneapolis and we talked about you know like wh- where do we go from here what COVID has done for us when it comes to finding our purpose and also the the finances and how to never give up I'm telling you it was I don't know when was the last time that the conversation flowed so in so many different directions that we didn't even plan and how insightful and inspiring it was. So um, without further ado, I want to I tell a story about redemption, a story about reinventing yourself, a story about, um, you know, being a positive force in your community, about entrepreneurship and never, ever, ever giving up. With such excitement, I, I present to you this episode with uh, Master Barber here at Barnes. All right, Pierre, welcome, 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 welcome to the Up Level Together podcast. Thank you. Good to see you, Yasna. Again. see uh, you again. I know. So I am genuinely, profoundly so excited. I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time. And before we even begin, I I want to tell the audience how we met and how you literally was a 15, 20-minute encounter that I believe has impacted me for the rest of my life and I don't say that lightly so I was dropping my kids off at a a camp distance learning camp and um, I tried starting my car and wouldn't start 
I mean, I have a relatively new car. I'm like, what's going on? It's the first time I've had anything go wrong. I'm like, I can, my car is not turning on. <laughs> and I just couldn't figure, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I logged the car. I called the Uber and guess who showed up? Here. <laughs> and you could have just literally, I mean, you, you could have, I told you what happened and, you, and instead of just driving me and going on video day, you said, no, 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 no. I know a little bit about cars. Let me help you. And you ended up helping me starting my car and telling me what was wrong with it. I mean, seriously. So I, I really want to, I want to know before we even get started in, in, um, in this conversation, why did you help me when you didn't have to? You know, I, you know, so I, I try to use all of the tools that, you know, uh, the, the main source, the higher power, you know, provides me with in every situation, you know, so that was just one of those things where if I could help, you know, like I, I would, you know, and I had, I knew that I had this, this box in my, in my trunk of my car, this battery started in the trunk of my car that I would love to use, you know, so I, I just, one of those guys, if you got the tool, you got to find a way to use it, you know, and um, that was just one of those moments where I just felt the need to ask, you know, what's, what do you think is wrong with it? What did it sound like, you know, and then there's just like, oh, let's, let's give this a shot. You know, I love problem solving, especially when it's, you know, sent from a, you know, just positive, authentic energy. You know. Yes, that, I think that that is how beautifully said authentic energy. That is something that I really felt because we got into a conversation. And I'm thinking to myself, who is this guy? And I felt this attraction towards the energy. I'm very attracted to very positive energy, authentic people. I'm like, tell me more about who you are. So I was, I think mostly instantly very moved with the positivity and such genuine kindness. Where does that come from? You know, uh, I, I, I have this, I have, I'm a, you know, empathist. I like, I empathize with people and I can feel, I can feel when people are being genuine with me. So I just, I, I love people. So, I, and when I see somebody in trouble, I just want, I want to help, you know, cause I feel like that's why we're put on this planet, you know, like we're supposed to be tools for each other, you know, and, uh, and if I could help, you know, like, why wouldn't I, that's, you know, that's our main objective here is to, to help each other. I, I love that. And you and I talked about this since, and I, I, you said, you said everyone would do it. And I really vehemently disagree. I think we all have the potential. I believe that we're all deep down inside light, but not everyone. I think we forget in the hustle and bustle of life that every single moment is an opportunity to make an impact and, you know, be the, the, the light. Um, that the source is shining so brightly um, with every day um, on this earth. And you did that. And I just, I really want to thank you here now publicly for making my day. Um, I made it home five minutes before a, um, a presentation where I had 300 people waiting for me. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know that part. That's new information. There were high stakes. So <laughs> <laughs> That was perfect timing then, but you know how the divine creator, you know, works is everything is divine time. You know? Oh my goodness. Amen. Amen. So truly, 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 truly. Thank you. So 
Um, Pierre, you are a master barber. I really had to look up like master barber, like, there, and I had to ask my husband, tell me what's the, what is this thing with men in barber shops? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you do not understand? I'm like, no, I don't get it. He's like, well, it's kind of like women in hairstyle, right? It's like, it's conversations, camaraderie. And, um, and you are a black entrepreneur in Minneapolis. Uh, please tell me how you got started. Well, I, my mom was a cosmetologist, so I just kind of picked up from her growing up. There was a lot of people that came in and out of the kitchen type of deal, and she always wanted a shop. She ended up running her own shop on Lexington and Grand over in, in St. Paul. Uh, it was called Experier, which means to exhale. You know, so I worked there with her for a little while. I've been a barber since 2005. So I didn't get my barber's license until 2007. And then I didn't get my master barber's license until 2009. But I was in my first shop that I ever worked at. You know, I love the name of this shop. It's over on uh, many highs, Elevations. You know, so it's, um, Elevations was the first shop that I ever worked at. I worked at TNC Barbershop Brook, uh, up, that's in Brooklyn Park. Um, Uptown Floyd's, I was over at, uh, what is that called? Um, Uppercuts Barbershop on Nicolette and 15th, uh, Jaime's Haberdashery downtown St. Paul, the groom room downtown St. Paul right across the street. It was right across the street from uh, Mickey's Diner. So I've been traveling around a lot, doing a lot of different shops. The one in Ridgedale Mall and sports, uh, sports shop, uh, barbershop over there, uh, great clips. I've experienced different environments and I felt like, oh, it's time to make my own environment. You know, my mom, <laughs> she created her environment and, uh, but she was working on a percentage lease and most barbers and most people that own shops, they don't own the building. So when you're working on a percentage lease, most of your money is going towards the, to the landlord. So I had to think about what, what kind of way can I find out of that and making landlords rich? And so it was, oh, I know what I can do to put more money in my pocket so I can create a legacy for my kids. I'm going to put it on a bus and make it mobile and make it accessible for those who can't, you know, it's called shuttle cuts. And when that, when I said that seven years ago, it just rung a bell in my head. I was like, I'm not going to stop chasing this until I get what I want, you know. And <laughs> 2020 was my first opportunity to I put it in a trailer and I was able to rebuild this 20 foot trailer and I was driving around to different um, lakes. I went to Lake uh, Budamakan Sky. I know I'm just butchering that name. Uh, and then we all was, are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lake Como. And I would just sit there. I would turn the whole back, uh, the back of the trailer towards the water because there was a glass door on the back. And then I would just have people looking out at the lake while they get their hair cut or shaved. And uh, so it's just one of those things where I felt I got to live that experience and so many things happened where I, I wasn't able to have the trailer anymore. But my whole plan was to put it on a bus. So that's why I'm pushing this bus idea because I wanna be able to, uh, what is that? My role as a barber is to keep the clientele safe, is to keep the public safe. You know, that's one of my main roles and so, this, especially with this pandemic, it's allowed me to uh, utilize that as like a slogan of mine. Like we're gonna keep the public safe. Like we only got one chair in here. It's only me and you. We got two air purifiers that are meant for over 1200 square feet. We, you know, we wear our masks. We got the ventilation going up here, you know, and a fan going in the back. So it was, it was just one of those things that is perfect where people just walk in, sit down, get their hair cut, 
leave, feel like they had a safe experience, which they did. One of the best um, sanitation practices in the industry. It's just one of those things. I felt like this is my time, you know, like it took six, seven years to make it here, but it's my time now. And then it's, uh, I'm super excited about it. I love that there's a beautiful affirmation that I often say, it's my time and I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I love that. We're going to talk in uh, about shuttle cuts and your entrepreneurship journey in just a little bit because I'm so impressed. And you and I chatted a little bit. I signed your petition while you were starting my car. <laughs> so awesome too. Yeah, thank you so much. So we're going to talk about that. But I want to, you know, tell me about barbershops. So barbershops have this special place and meaning in history, throughout history. What does, you know, a barbershop, you touched upon it a little bit, from in an energy standpoint and community mean to you? Uh, community means to me, it's just a place where people come in and share the resources. It feels like an, you know, an extra family and you're, it's a place, a therapeutic place where you can just give your energy freely and feel like you can always be yourself. You're laughing and joking like you got brothers and it's like a, you know, and it's just one of those families, it's an extra family. You know, and so community is an, an extension of your family. And that's what barbershops are made for. And you come in and you feel so rejuvenated and refreshed when you walk out. That's why experience. And you come in, you experience, and then you leave, you exhale, you know, like, huh. And then you feel good. And then you walk around in the community and you pass that off to somebody else. And it's an energy thing after that. You start someone's car. I love <laughs> I love that. You're, you really are. I've been calling you a light worker. You spread joy wherever you go. And uh, I, people only have to go and visit you on Instagram to understand what I'm talking about, um, which is really beautiful. Um, you know, how have you been affected by COVID? So I want to touch upon that briefly because so many of local entrepreneurs, I mean, we've had just an insane year. I want yeah. to know a little bit, like, how has that affected you? It's, it's affected me tremendously because the shop that I was working at, uh, I was working over in, in downtown, I'm going to save names just to, you know, just, yeah. just because uh, over in the North Loop, I was working down there and, um, you know, around the George Floyd time, it uh, like it was a week after I, um, it was like the next day after I went to California, the everything shut down. And so when I came back, um, I, I ran into this situation where the, the owner of the of the whole space was, um, you know, so he said something about you know shooting shooting black people in the head and shooting protesters in the head, and I had to make the executive decision to get out of there, you know, because because I if I don't feel safe in my work environment, I have to leave. So. so Let's just tell the audience who you know who are not from Minneapolis or didn't connect the dots. This was after the killing, uh, the murder of George Floyd here in Minneapolis, and your your owner of the business was making very, very horrific comments. Yes, and so I had to leave that space, and um, and and immediately after I did that, that's when the I the the shuttle cuts thing came, and I had the um my uh, a good friend of mine that has the groom room barbershop down in Pipestone, he had a trailer already ready and built out, but I just had to take everything out and start it all over again. So he he called me up a couple days after I made the decision to leave there and he didn't even know I quit. And, and you know, you know how God works. 
you know, so <laughs> so next thing you know, I had um, I had a couple of roommates here that had pickup trucks. I was like, I give you a, you know, four months rent off if you come into if you take me down to Pipestone right now to go get this trailer. And then, of course, he's like, OK, you know, takes me down there, gets the trailer, bring it back up and we start working on it. Me and my good friend, Chris, who's over at the Caraway now over at the, the, mans- the mansion, uh, there's a, so he's he's got the Caraway. He's got some amazing things going on. Uh, but am I even answering your question? How do I even get over there? Okay, so the COVID is affecting me because that's how I ended up getting, and, and it was supposed to like knock me off, but it ended up putting me back on my path. Mm. So I'm back on my path. And then, but, you know, of course, I'm not making as much as I was over there. So then my finances are everywhere. And then the kids are doing week on week off at school with me. And I'm trying to fit, the, you know, like I'm fitting everything around their life. And, and then and they're coming with me. They were with me. They're being a little entrepreneurs, too. They were in the back selling chips and water and stuff. It was so amazing. It was everything, you know, like it was my dream, you know, like it's been my dream this whole time. So I was able to I was living in the moment, you know, I was able to absorb it all and just take it all in as much as I can. And, um, and, and so now I've picked up some, um, uh, some rotation with, with speaking to people about it, because now they understand what I'm trying to do. I got over yeah. 500 people to sign the petition because they seen it with their eyes. It's something about the perception, you know, with your eyes, there's something about that, where if you see it, you believe it. You know, and that's, that's I, why they. I love that you you said so many things that are so important. Um, COVID, COVID uh, affecting us in so many different ways. We have to be all over the place and taking care of the children and and the business and finances, and yet it brought you back to your purpose. And I think that there's certain um, silver linings of 2020 that I'm glad that you're mentioning because instead of just putting it all down the drain, saying no, so you know, there are some things that that really came great things that came out of it oh yeah and i'm so sure everybody a lot of people have experienced that where they had to find they had to dig deep inside themselves and figure out what it was they were supposed to be on what track were they supposed to be on you know because that's what exactly what it did it knocked us to our path it didn't knock us down it knocked us to our path you know so now we're aligned and we are who we said we were or we're we're realizing that we're not who we said we were Oh, I love that. I That was so brilliant. You know, I think that soon, I really feel like it will be over very soon. And people who didn't yep. get a chance to do that will have regretted it. Yep, exactly. Because, you know, the, a lot of people ignored it. And are they let the, the unemployment take over their um, their existence as a human being and just sat around waiting for the next thing to happen to them instead of making things happen for them? Oh, I love that. Well, you're just such a such a go-getter. Um, one of the things that I've been meaning to ask you, and I know I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, but your relentless pursuit in the gym. And <laughs> I mean, can we talk about the six-pack? <laughs> I'm really curious. There is, you know, that's something that I really, really admire because I love fitness. You know, does that correlate with the sharpness of mind and also entrepreneurship and being a good, good citizen or good father? It helps with all of that. It's, it's like the main piece. It's mental health. You know, it's uh, discipline. 
you know, discipline is the, is a major factor. People look at discipline uh, the wrong way. I think we have the wrong perception of discipline. Discipline, you think, uh, you, when you hear discipline, you think of like a belt or whatever trauma that you experienced as a child in your, you know, in your adolescent years or whatever. You think of discipline, you're like, oh, that's bad, that's bad. No, we need to run towards discipline. You know, and uh, and the more that I woke up, or the earlier I woke up, first it was, you know, I didn't have to be to work until 10. I wake up at seven and I'm like, okay, well, what if I woke up at six? I give myself an extra hour. And then, well, well, Bo, what if I wake up at five? You know, and then all of a sudden I'm getting extra hours in the beginning of my day. And I'm just like, holy, I could do so much with these extra hours. And so, um, and also going along with, the whole fitness thing was um, I just celebrated 500 days this new pescatarian diet. And so what I realized is, so it's a fish diet, you know, so it's, it's basically the only meat that you can eat is fish, no chicken, no red meat, no, you know, no pork or anything like that. And it's just one of those things that you realize that your body, while you're sleeping, it's only made to, uh, uh, it's only made to help you digest and heal from your, you know, your digestion is working during that time. But if you're not eating such heavy foods and, and stuff like that, and you don't require that much sleep. Ah, <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. So it is like the body is so amazing, you know, and then next thing you know, you're waking up three minutes before your alarm goes off. You know, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it it spills into every area of our of our life. Um, not, not to say that it's actually very very aspirational because every time, I mean, you go hard at the gym. I've watched your I've watched your stories. I watched your pictures, and I'm always like, um, okay, <laughs> yes, now you got to clean up your act a little bit. So, um, <laughs> it's it's very. I just want to tell you, it's very inspiring. Awesome. That's 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 what we're here for. You know, that's how I learned the most in the gym is oh. through other people. So when I picked up small things, I was like, okay, just don't just be the hardest person, you know. And that's you that transpires into to life. Like just always do your best, you know. And that's you know that was gonna go into one of your questions about what is one of your favorite books. And the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is one of my favorite books. You know, by by a long shot, you know, <laughs> because they're always your best is a good agreement to come up with with yourself. It, it really is. Um, it really is. And I want to, you know, I, I think I want to right now uh, create this juxtaposition of this per- incredibly wonderful, uplifting, optimistic person who will look at you like you probably had a very easy life. And um, I want to I want to, you know, um, to tell this i want us to tell the story of really how you came to be the person that you are and one of the things that i didn't know that i found out in your uh, video for shuttle cuts that we will talk about very soon uh is that you know you mentioned some things you weren't proud of in earlier years and then even time in prison i wanna i wanna know about that and how that has impacted you to become the person that you are uh so when you put in a, when you put yourself in a position um, and you have to face your consequences and you have to own up to what you have done, you you have to look inside inside of yourself and realize you know you have to realize you have to ask yourself you know what could I have done better in this situation, you know. And so when I when I did those things that were less favorable to how I was raised, I just. Um, 
I, I, I sunk down into myself and I was in really a sunken spot trying to figure out what I was going to do next to get better. You know, and you, you spend 23 and a half hours in uh, solitary confinement for three weeks at a time, you know, three different times. It's, it, it's one of those things that if you, if you don't lose your mind, you'll get stronger. Like it's, and it's, <laughs> and I have no other choice but to get stronger. So in, in, those, in those days, and so I was reading, you know, I started picking up books, you know, and that, that helped me you know, just get out of my, uh, get out of my mind. And um, so what question did you ask me? So it yeah, was- Yeah, I just want to know how did, we you know, what happened? How, were, how did you get to be in that situation? And then, you know, how did you turn it around? Yeah, so I, after I was in that situation, I just had to try to find a way to make things better. And that's when I finished my barber school, you know, like I had 850 hours out in the street uh, when I started barber school in 2005. And then I didn't start barber school when I got um, imprisoned up in St. Cloud. They had a barber program and I was just like, oh, can I get in there? And usually they don't let anybody in there that has less than five years. And so they were like, um, I sent him up a kite, sent up Bill Dietman a, a kite, and uh, he made sure I got my hours from out in the street and he let me up into the program. And so I'm in the program, just like, I'm gonna take advantage of all my time here, you know? And um, it was just one of those things, like if you wanna get better, God is gonna present the opportunities for you to get better. And you just have to open your eyes to see the path, you know, see the path, you know, um, to the light. and. I just followed the light when I got out, was able to uh, turn my life around. Uh, I did fall back down for a little bit, but I never got locked back up. It was just uh, cloudy, I'm drinking too much, I'm smoking too much. It's been, you know, so I just celebrated, I'm about to be celebrating eight years in May without drinking any alcohol. So, you know, I'm super excited about that. I, I took that turn because it was just more of a, just realizing that I, I have to do better, you know, <laughs> and my kids are watching me, you know, mm -hmm. and it wasn't, it was, it was more than a toxic for my body, it was a toxin for my mind. And so I, I couldn't climb out of my old habits and cycles if I couldn't break that one. Because what I was realizing it was that I would become the person that I disliked the most when I was a kid. You know, I, I I thank him for always being there, but my you know my my stepdad was uh, kind of a bad influence in that way. And so when I turned when I started turning into him, I didn't realize that until you know later. And then I was like, oh my god, I would turn into the person I hate the most when I drank, mm -hmm. and I so I hated myself in turn. You know, so I I had turned that into self love. You know, and so it was just one of those things that um, it, it it helped me want to get knowledge of self notice where i'm doing wrong notice my cycles because once you once you start seeing cycles in your life and you you start stopping them when they're coming you know and uh you you start to visually you start to see them after a while and uh that was one of the ones that was i was that was toxic to me and uh did I answer your question? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. my goodness. And then some. Yes. Yeah, so powerful. You know, you mentioned your children and being a good role model. I mean, you talk about that so much. Your children are your world. And you talk a lot about the importance of being a black father. And, and I, I, I don't tell me why that is so important to you and the emphasis with the black father. 
the emphasis on the black father thing is because the society has made us out to be not home and the system itself is made to break the family. You know, so when you realize, when you notice the things that they've done in the past uh, to break families apart, like subsidize the woman if the man's not home, you know, that's one of the biggest things. Like when you see that, you're just like, oh my God, the father is so important in the, in the, in the raising of these children. Um, and so when I was able to have, a, when I started building my relationship with my kids after my divorce, I was able to realize how important I was. And, and, I, and when I realized that kids don't listen to you, they watch you, you know, that was, <laughs> that was one of the things that woke me up as well. And uh, because I realized that my mind didn't have control over some of the things that I saw. <sighs> so I would experience um, trauma or that same trauma where I put in the back of my mind, I would feel that, you know, 10 times over when after I make that same mistake or I feel that same energy. So I was just like, I got to make sure that I provide the best life possible for them and make sure that they see the things that I wanted to see as a child, make sure they don't feel the way that I felt, um, make sure they don't feel abandoned, make sure that they feel heard, make sure that they feel appreciated because they deserve to be appreciated, you know? Uh, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. They just uh, do as I say, not as I do. Like, no, like everything that you can do around the house for me, I feel like you're doing for me, I can do for you too, you know? And I can do what you're doing too, you uh, know? Like, yes. oh, you always have to do it. Yes, and the respect and you're breaking the cycle. Oh yeah, oh, that's so huge. I got a tattoo right here of my my son and daughter Zodiac put together. It's an Aries and a uh, Aries and a Leo. And so it's put together and it has a suit on. So I always wore suits and ties and stuff. My grandpa gave me all of his ties, God bless rest his soul, um, right before he passed. So I took that as a sign to, you know, just maybe, maybe he's telling me to, you know, you know, wear nicer clothes, you know, <laughs> or, and put a tie on, you know, uh, maybe he saw something in me because right before he passed, you know, he's going through his cancer thing. He kissed me on the forehead, you know, and I've never seen him be emotional or sentimental ever, you know, so, you know, that, that meant a lot to me, but my kids on the, you know, going back to the kids again, they, you know, they, they are the world, you know. <laughs> they are the world. There's, there's nothing more that matters than influencing them. And so society would have us um, believe that most Black men aren't home, you know, like even in the rap songs, oh, the, the, the Black father's never home, you know, blah, blah, blah. And because of the, the 80s and the 90s where it was implemented to get the Black father out the home. So I make sure to my fullest extent, you know, that I'm in my kid's life because I'm breaking another chain because my biological father wasn't there, you know? Um, so it was just another one thing. I was just like, I can never abandon them. You know, I can never, I would never abandon my kids. And every time that I fell, because, you know, life has its ups and downs. Every time that I fell, I made sure that when I rebuilt my life, it began with them. 
you know, every week, if we did something every Thursday, I would just make sure that every Thursday, that's where we're starting. And then we'll build something. And then that Wednesday before that Thursday, we'll do something. And then that, that Tuesday before that Wednesday, before that Thursday, we'll do something. And then we'll just keep on adding and, and then building it back up. So that's exactly where we're at with this pandemic again, where we're building it back up. Oh my God. I love that so much. I think it's, 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 something needs to be said that needs to be talked about um and it's just so powerful it gives me it gives me chills really um thank you for that um you, you know what would you tell to someone going back to you know we all have moments where we fall where we act ungraceful where we make mistakes and for some of those mistakes are more costly than others and what would you tell someone who is lost and who is going through a really hard time just, you know, don't give up, you know, uh, find, find, um, find somebody to, to hold you accountable for something. Like it could be the smallest thing, you know, uh, start writing your story, start telling your story differently, you know, because we are, uh, what is that called? We, we become our words, you know, we become our words. So the stories that we tell about ourselves are we're setting ourselves up, you know, so tell your story better. Tell, talk about yourself dialect, you know, the things that you say to yourself about yourself, because there's nobody that we believe more than ourselves. We look in the mirror, we say one thing about ourselves and we're just like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, <laughs> and that's always the answer. You know, it's never, you know, I don't really believe you unless you're actually lying to yourself, but it's your mind has a thing with finding a way to believe what you're saying about yourself. Oh my goodness, and, so true, so true. <laughs> you're like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna find a way to believe that, what you're saying, you know. Uh, but if you say powerful things about yourself, it, it may seem ridiculous at first, but just don't give up on yourself don't give don't uh, uh just know that there's a higher self you know know that there's a there's a god within you that sh that wants to shine you know like just a little bit of dirt on them you know just wash the dirt off you know <laughs> and, and think of you know think of your showers as as purification you know uh, uh rituals you know, don't just go in there and wash yourself off. Be like, this is, talk to yourself. This is a purification ritual. I am cleaning off my past. I'm better, you know, I'm going to become better after I clean this off of me. Yesterday's filth is not my tomorrow. You know, yeah, <laughs> build yourself up. It's, it's, it's your job. You are, but you have to do it for yourself. And what I find that beautiful, everything that you're saying, people may say that it's wishy-washy. Um, it's actually founded um, in quantum physics and the power of intention. We now know can, we can measure the intensity of the intention, though every thought carries an energy that we, that we scientifically can measure now. So it's not this crazy thing. And then as we do that, um, our physiology and our brain physiology and our connections begin to change that. Oh, I just I love that. OK, what is something when you look in the mirror? What do you say? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> you the man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I when I talk to people, like the 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 road, this sounds corny or whatever, but I how I stay on track in a in a conversation and it helps engage is I say in my mind that I love you. 
you know, I'm always saying I love you in my head, you know, like I'm always telling God I love him, I love you, you know, like, because that you can't go wrong with the frequency of love. No, you, know, you so. cannot. It vibrates so high that it opens up the energy fields of everyone in your vicinity. Yes. Oh, there's so much love in this conversation. I can feel it. <laughs> awesome. Yep. And that's, you know, that's, that's the main thing is love, you know, uh, but we have to redefine our love every day, you know, because there's so many traumatic things that happen with our love. Yes. That, we, that the redefinition of our love has to be has to be written down. It has to be felt every day. You know, it has to be something that it's got to be intentional. Yes. You know, it can't. And love is not an accident. You know, and so it's just one. It's just one of those things that you're just self love. It's it's more than just a. You know, everybody's doing it. You know, thing. It's 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 a powerful it's a powerful movement and it uh, is powerful relationship with oneself an intention of of the the higher higher being yes yes i love that okay so i have to ask um you know we've had last year has been you know with the murder of george floyd and the true upheaval that started Minneapolis and spread throughout the entire world um, of, you know, like, hey, racism is fully alive <laughs> in our midst. I'm laughing, but I'm deeply saddened by this. It. like, oh, my God, it's seriously. Um, yes. I want to ask, what does it feel like to be, um, you know, maybe these are two di different questions, a black man in America and to you and a black entrepreneur in, in America? It feels like I'm fighting an uphill battle, <laughs> but it feels, you know, I laugh to keep from crying. But it, it, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just one of the, um, you know, we're living in two different worlds. You're living in the, the constitutional world and the, um, the Declaration of Independence world versus the white supremacy, unequal, you know, unequality, you know, type of world. And it's all in one. And we're just trying to survive. And they keep trying to find ways to block us. And, you know, that's why I have to go to, uh, I'm, I'm on change.org and got a 500 people, you know, sign the petition mm -hmm. because of it's legal for mobile salons, but it's not legal for mobile barbershops in Minnesota. So now I'm talking to people on the state um, and representatives and, and, and local level, so we can get them to go and have an influence uh, on to the governor because the governor is the one that appoints the barber board and uh, that consists of five members, four barbers and uh, one a public official. So he, he gives them the power to tell us what we can and what we can't do. And so it's, it's just one of those things that they have this mob mentality over us and telling, you know, and it's just that there's a scarcity, there's not enough haircuts, you know, there's not enough people with hair and the hair will never grow back, you know, and it's just like, no, we live in a world where things are of multitude, you know, and there's enough of an abundance for all of us to share. And, but we have these other people that, that don't believe that, but living in both of these worlds in one and being an entrepreneur and being a black father in America is, it's, you know, I don't like to use excuses. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, you know, I am the type of guy that I'm just going to just keep moving forward anyway, because that's one of the things that my mom taught me. You know, my mom is always talking, you know, my bless my mom's heart. Um, she had uh, 
three kids by the time she was 18 years old. So of course, in the 80s and the 90s, that wasn't popular. She had to fight that image of what they had on her. And they didn't never thought that she was going to have her own business. You know, now, you know, and then she had her own business. She ran it for seven and a half years. And she's always showed me, she's still to this day showing me to keep going, no matter what, keep going. Don't use, you know, their narrative to hold yourself back and don't use that story to, to, to just drown yourself in the, in the present moment when you can just still be moving forward. And she's doing that by, she moved down to Texas seven years ago and she was able to, uh, she's now, because she always wanted to teach cosmetology and teach. Uh, and so she went and now she's uh, an instructor at a, a barber school down there and she got her barber's license and now she's working on an esthetician license down there. And, you know, like just always going. And that's her, her lessons have been like so helpful to me because like if she doesn't give up, why would I? You know, yeah, so, so it's, it's there. It's the, uh, the true barriers are there. We can't ignore them, but <laughs> you have to push forward no matter what. Got to keep going. And, uh, you know, and the higher power will send you the people that you need. He will send you the resources that you need. You know, you just have to be open to them and feel like you, be, that you, that you deserve it. You know, like it's, it's yours to be had. The world is yours to be had. Oh. And um, you just, just be a vessel, just be open to being a vessel to the light. And there's nothing that you can't shine on. I, I love that. I, I'm really curious because I was very deeply enmeshed. And of course, it's in our own backyard of um, the uh, the the upheaval and the you know the protests and the the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement that just I mean that just spread out. Um, throughout the rest of the, the world. I'm really curious, what do you think was the most positive, wonderful thing to come out of it? You know, people waking up to uh, systematic racism is one of the, the most positive things that can ever happen because now they're taking responsibility. You know, when you take responsibility, you, there's no healing that can't be done. You know, we can all heal on that level. But if nobody takes responsibility and we're just point fingers, nobody heals, nobody wins, nobody loves. And so that uh, what it, it brung so many people together in society because we realize that we have to be here for each other. It's our job to be here for each other. You know, so that's one of the most positive things that came out, came out of this George Floyd thing, um, uh, this George Floyd uh, uh, murder. And just realizing that systematic racism exists. It's not just a boogeyman that Black people have been talking about for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. So now that the boogeyman is out of the closet and we have exposed him for what he is and realized his weaknesses and we can, we can overcome this, but we have to stick together and we have to realize that uh, <clears throat> you don't know, fight fire with fire, you know? You know, this is one of those things that just don't ever pan out, especially with how uh, white supremacy has had its way in the past with its violent tendencies. So, you know, you know like we, you have to use the, the Gandhi way, you have to use the MLK way, you have to, you know, and uh, now we have manpower. 
you know, we got people in society that are not having it, you know? And so with those influences, those powerful influences like LeBron James and, you know, just to name one huge one that I know, you know, that, you know, that I know for sure is making a huge impact in these communities is and in, in standing up for something that is good for all humanity. You know, there's, there's no way, <laughs> I mean, there's no I, way that this can't be a I know I hear you talking. I'm like, it's basics, human rights. I'm just, I, I, it's, I, we're on the same page, but um, yes, yes, of course you're, you're so right. And I feel like for, um, I think that there's been an, an awakening and really people who are genuinely good people would never call themselves racist that it was the questioning that there are some subtle behaviors that they would never consider racist that, that genuinely never ill harmed it's like you just need to it's like um it's actually contributing to to racism it's very harmful for me i felt like um as a white person was like no there are certain things um, that that you can do or say that are actually you, you may think that you are you're not a racist but they're actually really harmful Yes, and uh, but there's one thing that, uh, that a lot of people don't talk about, but it's the trauma that both sides are experiencing. Interesting. Both sides are experiencing trauma. You're like, uh, if you think back to the slavery days, um, they felt like black people weren't nothing but property. So when you're 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 gaining all these benefits from having your property, and then all of a sudden somebody comes and tries to take your property. You're just like, you're taking my stuff, you know? So they don't see us as human. So when you, when we get to this point now where they've been, um, they've found ways to prosper and, and hold us down this, this long, it's because of, of uh, oh, the, the, the civil rights acts and stuff like that, like that we've made it this far, you know, the civil rights and, 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 but when we've gained access, that that made them. I mean, that made a lot of the white supremacists feel like they were like they don't deserve to have it. You know, they don't want us to have our freedom, and they don't want us to be equal, and they don't want us. To, like they look at stuff as if you have stuff, you're better than. You know, stuff is stuff. Stuff is gonna be here today and gonna be gone tomorrow. You know, we don't die with stuff. You know, but a lot of people don't recognize that. And when when they get out of that trauma of letting go, because one of our biggest human issues is our, our, our issue to attachment. We're attached to people, we're attached to things. And so when we don't let those go, we don't we can't free ourselves like the monkey trap. Mm. You know, all they have to do is let go of his hand to, to escape. Yeah. And so if they let, if we if we all learn to just let things go, you know, and we'll yeah. be in a better position. That's For that. sure. And there's a lot of, um, I think, awareness that came out of it, a lot of healing that needs to be done too. So thank you for that. That was that, that was uh, very, very insightful. Okay, I, I'm dying to talk about shuttle cuts because I, I want to know, okay, so shuttle cuts is, I mean, it's really your, it's your baby and it's bringing, you know, barbershop in a mobile style to you in a most incredible, fashionable and safe environment. Um, tell us where you are in that process. Tell us everything about the, the movement. 
So right now I have a brand, a brand marketing agency and they're called Vigency, V-Z-N-C-Y. And so VZNCY.com, they're the best. They put my story together and um, they were able to market my idea. They were able to give me a brand, a brand new uh, brand logo and they're able to show the audience exactly what it is my story is. So it, it's it's one of the best things that one of the best brand agencies there are. But Shuttle Cuts is um so I'm on GoFundMe uh right now and it's uh help Pierre. So if you just go to GoFundMe and you type in help Pierre, the rest of it will pop up. So we just Okay, <laughs> perfect. And this help is Pierre launch mobile barbershops. Yep. And this is you want to spell it else for us, help Pierre. Um yep. so mm -hmm. H-E-L-P-P-I-E-R-E, -E -E, Launch Mobile Barbershops. Okay, and perfect. So I, I'm, we're, I'm, going to put that, I'm going to put that link in the description as well so people can have access to it um, as well because um, so they can go and sign the petition and support the, uh, support the effort. Awesome. And on that GoFundMe is my video. You can watch the video. You can click the links. You can follow. And then uh, one of the biggest things is I'm still trying to get a lot of people to, to like the Facebook page. You know, just type in Shuttle Cuts and that's Shuttle Cuts with a C-U-T-Z. You know, and then on, on IG as well, Shuttle Cuts. And so... Yeah, that's where I'm at with, with it. We're trying to raise the money so we can build out a bus. And that's, that's going to be the biggest thing right there. I'm so excited about it. I've been trying to do this for a long time. You know, ever since I moved in this house, moved in this house about seven years ago. And I, I put a poster up in between the doors that said, looks like a barbershop. Or, or no, looks like a bus, feels like a barbershop. You know, and it's just one of those things I that love I'm that. super excited about. You know, I can be where the need is. You know, we can be to nursing homes where people don't have the outlet. They don't have the mobility to be able to go to the barber shop. You know, we can go to the homeless, you know, give them something to, to be happy about and live for. You know, we can go to them. We create this, uh, we, we create the environment where we're able to, to, to be accessible. You know, and that's that's one of the biggest things about it. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. We can serve the community in so many ways. And then if uh, on top of that, when they come to me and they come to us, because it's going to be multiple, <laughs> and we have we can have conversations with the, uh, the less fortunate and give them resources that they need to become better fathers. You know, like the, the, there's fathers out there that don't have it as good as me. Uh, or other people because they didn't have get the fair end of the stick with their ex-wife or their ex-girlfriend and you know so they're always fighting the system and fighting the system but if we can provide them with resources because now they have a place to come to 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 look good so they can go find that job that they need to pay their child support yeah. you know so it's just one of those things that we can be where they need us, you know, like, and, and that's the, that's one of the best things. I love that. Well, isn't that a definition of an entrepreneur is like, I find a problem, I see the need and I find a solution to that problem and I meet that need. So you're exactly. doing it brilliantly. I just love that. So folks, um, if you want to support Shuttle Cuts again to go fund me and go for help Pierre and mobile uh, barbershop, or you can just type in shuttle cuts and again, cuts with C-U-T-Z. And we're going to link that also below here in the, uh, um, in the description so you can 
um, so you can access it. I, I love that. I really, I was so amazed. I remember hearing about it again. The first time meeting you, I signed a petition within 15 minutes because I just, I'm like, <laughs> I, I love when that happens. I uh, know because it was very, you were telling me the story. It was very important to you. We were so excited about it. And it's, I think it's a moment that needs to be supported. Thank you so much. And, uh, well, you know, I, I get to really, I got to relive the moment in 2020. Every time somebody looked at my shop, they're like, that's a good idea. I was like, that's how my mind felt when I first thought of the idea. Thank you for your excitement. You know, I'll take that. You know, like it's, you know, I love seeing people excited about new ideas, you know, because then it, it lights their mind up to believe in, in a better future, you know, and believe in, in the Jetson type of future and not the Flintstone type of life. You know, like, so we have to move forward. This is the, uh, this is the Netflix to the Hollywood videos and the blockbusters. You know, this is the, uh, the, the, the Uber to all the taxi cabs. Taxi cabs didn't want Uber. It was only a matter of time though, before somebody was just like, let's treat these people that take taxis a little bit better than the taxi cab drivers treat them. And it was just like, okay. And then all of a sudden this thing is in the world. So that's what I'm gonna bring to, the, to, the, uh, to this, to, to the planet. You know, <laughs> I love that you're you're innovating. Well, you know, on that note, what do you want your legacy to be, Pierre? Ah, uh, what do I want my legacy to be? Uh, I just want to my legacy to be one of. He followed his dreams. He followed his dreams after his, you know, after he realized his mom's passion. He realized his mom's passion, followed his dreams, and created something for his his seeds. Mm. That's, that's that's i love that enough yeah you know like i don't want to leave them any nothing you know i want them to to leave with some type of passion of their own you know my children well i would say that you've already done that so successfully and, and beautifully it's, it's really inspiring um okay i have few last minute questions that are like just the first thing that comes to mind um are you up for it i'm down Yep. Okay. Well, best book. I already told you about this. So best book. Oh yeah. Definitely the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Okay. Uh, just because. Just, <laughs> yeah, you know, the four agreements, be impeccable with your word, always do your best, believe in, um, what, what was the other ones? Uh, uh, don't take anything personal Personally. and don't make assumptions. Yes. Know? And I always find the one that I forget is the one that I have to work on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I can't remember like what is the fourth one is the one that I have to work on the assumptions that's, yeah. that's the most. I love that uh, finish the sentence life is life is life life is what you make it you know life is it, it is a test but life gives you the ability to create you know so you you make we make our own tests every day you know we make choices you know that's the power of our will you know a choice every minute to make a good choice you know we so life is and life is in uh what is that hold on i got i got something i got something better uh life life is a uh, a blank piece of paper there we go <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I just love it. I think you should have seen yourself when you were thinking. I love that. It was just a beautiful <laughs> moment. There's the sun is falling on your face. It's just it was just very divine. <laughs> um, awesome. uh, my current struggle is 
my current struggle right now is just uh, finding balance, finding balance in, uh, emotionally, physically with the kids and with, uh, you know, with the pandemic and uh, just, just balancing it all. And, and uh, that's, that's, that's probably my biggest struggle right now. Okay. Having faith means? Having faith means believing in yourself to know that there's going to be a better tomorrow, you know, so believing, believing, yeah, that believing in tomorrow, just believing, <laughs> believing in tomorrow. That's I good. love that. Yes. Uh, and best advice I was ever given. Is uh, I got to go back to my mom and the best advice is, uh, that she ever gave, gave wasn't spoken with words. It was with actions. Oh, that is so powerful. God bless her. When you talk to her, tell her the woman who has never met her just thinks the world of her because she's just left such a legacy and such an impact in this world through her actions. Oh, yeah. All the time. All yeah, the time. For sure. Well, uh, Pierre, this was really exciting. We went longer than we thought we would. We had, I we went places where I didn't even know that we we're going to go. And I really appreciate your um, just enthusiasm, light, openness uh, to talk about the good and the, the bad and the hard and and all, all of the things in between. So um, we're going to link um, uh, right here where people can find you also on Instagram and Master Stallions. They should just totally follow you there because it's impressive. <laughs> but I really thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for taking your time to talk to me too. I'm so blessed uh, to have met you. Oh, it's likewise, such a pleasure. Thank you. And until next time. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.